This is Pop Fiction Women. I'm Corinne. I'm Kate. And we're complicated. Blunt. Total boss. But sometimes a mess. Opinionated. But never boring. And in this podcast, we're discussing the complicated women of the best books, TV, and movies. Along with the complicated women behind the scenes. Warning, lots of spoilers ahead. So come back when you're done. Hurry up, it's starting. Broken Hearts Gallery. This is one you were pushing for. Yeah, this is another Instagram find. Simpson Street, which is Kerry Washington's production company, plugged it and specifically mentioned Natalie Krinsky as the writer and first-time director, which is what caught my attention. So I was like, hmm, mm-hmm. rom-com set in New York, so definitely intrigued. <laughs> but I sent it to you, and I think we both were like, all right, we watched the trailer, so it looks good, but like... We weren't really, I, I don't know. At the time, we were heavily into I May Destroy You was just kind of wrapping up. And then we were also anticipating The Undoing, which we'd never followed through with. But <laughs> there was a lot on our plate at that time, I think. Yes, I think so. But I watched it. I loved it. I wa- I was a little nervous, though. I wanted to see what you thought. But then I ended up watching it again with my boys, as you know. Because I like to see their thoughts. I'm not sure why I think a 10 and a 13-year-old's boys are going to give me feedback on rom-coms. But it's part of their training. So then yes. by my second time, I even watched it a third time. As you know, I had to admit to you the other day. <laughs> so, But each time, I loved it more and more. And I think it's because every time, I just kept falling more in love with Geraldine Viswanathan as Lucy, who, of course, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about. Well, first of all, how could you not love? It's another When Harry Met Sally. Yes, it is completely. (laughs) And that's our thing. I I don't know why you didn't sell me on that part of it. I can't ever resist them. I mean, there's literal lines taken from When Harry Met Sally. Like, tell me your life. When she says to him, tell me your life story. And he's like, my life hasn't even started yet. Mm -hmm. The 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 confessionals. Yes, the vignettes. Mm -hmm. This time, though, as opposed to When Harry Met Sally, these are their breakups Uh as opposed to their meet cutes, Uh which are a a different spin on the same thing I happen to really love from When Harry Met Mm -hmm. Sally. Even down to him running at the end through the streets at the night of her big party. And he's running through the streets. It reminded me of uh, Billy Crystal doing the same in When Harry Met Sally. And how about after they sleep together and they're lying in the bed just staring up the ceiling? That was very similar to the after- Harry and Sally only with Harry and Sally it turned immediately awkward and this ended up turning cute yes she's a huge fan of when Harry met Sally so these were very intentional when we did always be my maybe you joked uh-huh. <laughs> that apparently we had another criteria for picking things out is it has to be a version of when Harry met Sally uh, when Harry met Sally was our very first movie and then Every rom-com we did after that was a version of Sleeping with Other People, mm-hmm. Always Be My Maybe. Everything was a version of When Harry Met Sally. And now here we are continuing that streak. Yes, we are. I love it. That's yeah. the OG. Yeah. So should we talk about Lucy, our complicated woman? Is she complicated? I I mean, I would say yes. Yes. I, I think she's full of the kind of contradictions that I would call mixed messages. <laughs> But that's just because I don't understand them. They're just not my flavor. But there's no doubt she's complicated. She, right from the get-go when she meets Nick, she doesn't listen to him when he's like, get out of my car. This is not an Uber. (laughs) I love that. She fights with him about it. And then he brings her to her house and she's pissed at him. And I'm like, what is wrong with you, woman? Like, literally, (laughs) what is wrong with you? And then she does it again. She follows him to his hotel. And then she's like, oh, my God, you're going to kill me. I'm like, you followed him. That's exactly what What he said. (laughs) Yes. What is wrong with you? And she breaks up with people and then holds on to the past. She's a pessimist in love, but an optimist in life. She was very confusing in a wonderfully endearing way to me. Yes, endearing is the word that I I probably have in here 10 times in my notes that I always think of. I think that's the perfect word. First, I should say, and you know this, but I have two boys, but Lucy was my girl's name for the girl I'm never going to have. And one of the reasons I wanted to use that name 
was because my absolute favorite childhood book is Anne of Green Gables and it was written by Lucy Maud Montgomery and my girl name was actually going to be Lucy Ann with an E and I know and two times I whiffed and didn't get that but yes (laughs) when I saw first of all that her name was Lucy I, I just think that was an immediate connection for me but then I was thinking I think some of the reasons I love this Lucy are because she has some of the attributes I loved in Anne. Mm. That like, well, it's that spunky, quirky, like plucky heroine who speaks her mind, who's unabashedly herself no matter what, is also though industrious and ambitious. When I was thinking of the Lucy, it made me think of Anna Green Gables, which is a high compliment. Yes. But I also think it was just the charisma that... Geraldine Viswa Nathan brings to the part I feel like she's sort of like lit up from the inside yes whenever she's on the screen she has a very Bridget Jones kind of quality which was another thing that Natalie Krinsky kind of modeled it on like a Lucille Ball but I think to your point like she does have contradictions I mean she's funny but she's still wounded you know she calls Mm. herself broken at one point and there's definitely some pain that she's hiding And it's not just the wounds from these past relationships, secret phone calls, these vague references. So you know there's more going on there under the surface. Absolutely. I mean, as far as a plot device, a secret is always such an important intrigue, point of intrigue. And this was, I I really liked this aspect of it just for our podcast because we introduced the idea of secrets in 28 Summers, right? How Mallory had this isolated relationship that was so consuming to her but also such a small part of her actual life right and so and how that made her complicated I thought that was very intriguing then in Happiest Season we saw Harper pretending that she had a secret when really she was denying an authentic part of herself but Lucy is really neither nor it's a very personal piece of her heart that she, yes. I think, rightfully protects. That is not something her, about her mother that she should just share with everyone freely. I think that's a, a fair thing to protect and only trust the right people with that information. And so I loved this this little twist. This secret was a good yeah. use of the secret, you're saying. I, I love that. You're yeah. right. Yeah, I was totally in support of this. Now, did you relate to Lucy? Uh, no. <laughs> I know. Uh, no. No, but I will say, I, this is something I wanted to say when you were talking earlier about the charisma she has. I thought the trailer was really unfortunate because for neither, for neither Lucy nor Nick, I feel like I didn't see it at all, which is so wrong. I mean, the movie, they both light up the screen, especially yes. her, as you've said, and their relation, they have so much chemistry. It just didn't come across the same way they did. I mean, really, truly, so much star power, so much charisma, so much chemistry between them. I, it didn't even, there wasn't even a shred of it in the trailer compared to what's on the screen. This is, this is a good point. This is for, for when our book that we're going to write becomes a movie. So I, you did not relate to Lucy. No, 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 but no, I liked her. I, I, I I related okay. to her as like meaning I I was invested in her. I wanted to know what happened. It didn't take away anything from the movie for me. Right. Well, it was like me with Cassie and the flight attendant. But I just thought this was funny because you had written to me, as you know, and you're like, so clearly you're Lucy. And I'm like, well, <laughs> not really. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> because because like I said, I didn't didn't relate to what I viewed as a big part of her, which is this collecting of old things from past relationships now hers is really extreme yes. and with having all that stuff in her room and as it should I don't be know in what a this, movie yeah <laughs> yes I don't know what the ziplock bags with shoelaces in them and what whatnot and I thought oh well I don't do that you know and and I and I said to you oh and I've never been dumped and you're like well actually I mean it's not even that she's she gets dumped by Max I guess but yeah. That opening scene, you were right. I didn't notice that opening scene, which is supposed to be, you know, eight-ish years ago. Right, yes. um, She's actually just telling her friends how she just suggested to whoever that guy was at the time that they take a break. And she's like, and he agreed. Mm -hmm. 
And oh my God, as you know, that exact thing happened to me <laughs> in college with my boyfriend then. So what, why do I think that I don't relate to this? I was like, hmm. I do And then yeah. I do have stuff. I know. I, letters <laughs> I was like waiting for this part. And yeah. photo albums. But I'm like, I thought everyone had that no. kind of stuff. Like not the weird stuff that she no. has, but you're telling me that that is not true. You could go through every single thing I own. I have nothing that relates to any of my exes. None. Not my oh favorite my ones. Not the ones I hate. <laughs> like none. Right. None. Right. I don't know. No, not never. I mean, I I don't even keep cards like when we're dating. Like, I, I just throw them away. <laughs> like, what? <gasps> really? Like, yes. I mean, I have cards from like 25 years ago oh and letters. God, that's and, so weird. And it's not, see, that's why I don't get the mementos thing. Mm, I do get the memento. That is probably something I held on to for some period of time in my life where I was like, oh, like this concert that we went to, just it reminds me of an the experience. Or yes. Something. Yeah. Yeah. And I like to be, remember what they said to me. Yeah. I love the words. That's why I have the cards and letters thing. Yeah. Well, then I should ask you what Lucy asked Nick. When love crumbles, how do you preserve its ruins? Uh, you don't. You're like, it's over. You don't. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> you don't. It's ruined. It's over. There's nothing to preserve. I can already hear your exactly. answer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'll have more to say about that, too. Oh, no. Damn it. Anyway, so my point is after some reflection prompted by you perhaps i am a little more lucy than i thought oh, that's so funny well she is a leo well i never would have picked up on that except for you oh when she God. said that you got it from the biographer it was a hot day in august or something yeah and i mean like no joke i honestly was watching the whole time and going she is such a leo in the end forget it the end is yeah. so <laughs> incredibly <laughs> that literally couldn't be done by anyone besides a leo oh my god this is why i love it i love that end by the way so much and we will definitely talk about that but no wonder you see i didn't think that i just thought like i don't know you're right there's a there's a lot of similarities now that i think about yeah. it okay so yeah well i'm not even talking about the similarities between you and her i'm just saying she is such a leo. yeah the 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 personality yeah. traits yes. of a leo totally yeah. oh that is great yeah. i love it <laughs> Okay, well, before we do scenes, I mean, this is a really diverse and cast of, I think, some rising stars. I mean, I Dacra Montgomery, the guy that plays Nick, mm -hmm. um, well, he was in Stranger Things, and people love him from that. He sort of broke out in that. Max, you know, is from Pitch Perfect. Yes, of course. Um, Philippa Sue. I mean, hello, we have Eliza <laughs> Hamilton in this. And this Molly Gordon, her other friend, was in Booksmart, and I don't think, I think you didn't you no. haven't seen that. Mm -mm. And then Bernadette Peters, I mean, uh, a star. Yeah. But I thought for me, these two, Nadine and Amanda, her friends, provided a lot of the calm, the comedy for me mm -hmm. in this rom-com. Mm -hmm. uh, that's where, I mean, so did Lucy. But I just love this portrayal of female friendship and that tough love aspect. Because mm. to me, that's like how I am with my friends. Yeah, And it did remind me of Booksmart which I loved and that and like I said Molly Gordon was in that but then I also saw that Booksmart where they're portraying women as sort of going out of their way to be body positive to have each other's back but also call them out when necessary and I think it's part of an effort on on women writers parts not to depict women as being at odds with each other or, mm. or trying to take each other down I loved both of them Nadine and Amanda, I thought they were very unique and refreshing and subversive characters. I didn't yes. think they were particularly complicated. Like to, they weren't fully dimensional. Yes, but they they served their role, and those relationships were very true. I mean, the murder obsessed lawyer, fucking love that. It's brilliant. <laughs> and then the it's lesbian, like, like like Lothario, yes, basically, exactly. Yes, totally. I yeah. just thought those were such great ideas. I loved them. This is the kind of thing where you think, like, in a YA series, this would be first, and then you'd find, then you'd get Amanda's story, and then you'd get Nadine's story. Like, it would be a trilogy. I could see that. You could see that yes. there's so much oh more God, behind be them. Great. Yeah. Yes, and you're right. We just don't get a lot, but what we get is so well drawn. I mean, when Amanda says. 
to Max, like when he tries to come back to apologize and she <laughs> like basically tells Max you should apologize for using Lucy like his own personal sanitary napkin. Yeah. That she's like that you bled into heavily on your most heavy day. Yeah. Like that second day, you know, I'm like and then she's like we're bloody witches. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, and where are your socks? You look like an idiot. Like, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's like everything. So funny. Yeah. Those guys. So yeah. So we'll talk about them, but I, I thought that they were really well done. Yes. So scenes. Yeah. What is your first one? Well, my first one is pretty early on. I think it's what I'm calling the mutual call out. I don't know what the mutual call out is. So that's when she follows him back to the hotel. And yes. he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, what's going on with this hotel? And he's like, what are you even doing? What are you collecting? And he says, you collect these things in anticipation that the relationships were, will end. You're such a pessimist. And then she's like, well, what about you? You're that lone wolf. You're like, I don't need anyone, but you're really too afraid to get close to anyone. It sets them up right away. Like mm-hmm. this is where we're going to see A, both of them grow and then B, in these ways. These are the things they have to shed before they could exactly. be together. So yes. I I love that scene. I love the, the mutual call out. Now I have it. That's my first one too. So I just didn't know what that what you were calling it. But I love that. That's actually perfect. I love that it starts first though right before it with her like running around with like that garbage bag like yes. into a restaurant yeah. and, and she's just it's just made again made me laugh out loud i'm like is she really walking around with like a giant garbage bag and then he calling her him that's when he calls her a hoarder mm-hmm. but that's also where he says everyone leaves disappoints or dies yes, i love that uh, right yeah. so th- to your point like that's where he's starting yeah. from like and and she's like okay mr rogers yeah But that's when she does ask the question, when love crumbles, how do you preserve its ruins? And he's like, leave it here. Just like, just let go. And that's when she, you know, finds the nail and sort of gets the idea for the broken heart gallery. Mm -hmm. So I love that scene too. I think it's really does set the stage for the two of them and and for the brainchild of the gallery. I know. Do you know that it was a real thing? And that's where she got this idea from? Croatia. Yes. I think that's, uh, I I do love the idea. I really do. Yeah. And she heard about it, Natalie Krinsky, right when she had had a bad breakup Mm -hmm. and lost her job and then heard that. So it all sort of gave the inspiration. But that is, it is a real place. So my next one was the karaoke scene, but I I bet that's yours then. Good. Okay. I I love love everything about the scene. First of all, I wrote, do we need a karaoke scene? Does this mean like now I'm so inspired by this one that I'm like, maybe we need a karaoke scene when we write our Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I love (laughs) a karaoke scene. I love karaoke. So it doesn't surprise me. Perfect. But so I'll take any karaoke scene, but the murder karaoke birthday party i mean yeah it could not be any more perfect the concept i love that they're singing the ava max song oh, sweet but a oh, psycho she's sweet but oh a my god yes the perfect song choice i loved that mm-hmm. and then the way that he looks at her when they're singing i mean that was like i'm like this oh. he is such a fucking good actor because unless he's actually in love with her he really truly looks like he's in love with her right now oh singing don't go breaking yes. my heart again like the song choices yeah i love that scene everything about it i wish i could just making when she says making a fool of oneself is one of life's greatest pleasures <laughs> and i was like yes yeah she is so earnest, too. It reminded me of what Julie Buxbaum was saying about Ted Lasso and what she loves. I mean, that that's what I thought of with Lucy. But yeah, the chemistry there with those two in that scene. Yes. Awesome. But And with the friends. I mean, you kind of get the great friendship and then singing together with the Sweet Butter Psycho. Mm-hmm. And you get him and her and their chemistry. I felt like in that one scene, you got all of yeah. them. No, I love it. So I think my next one is a total cheat of like a lot of scenes put together. Oh boy. A cocktail? (laughs) A cocktail for you? Okay. Yes. Kind of. Okay. I'm calling it like a series of scenes where Lucy starts to come into her own and take charge of her life, both professionally and personally. Okay. 
But this is basically where she finds out that Nick didn't get the loan and he's upset and, you know, they kind of had this fight and he's like, she's like, we're in this together. And he's like, no, we're not. Like, I let myself get distracted. Take your stuff and get out of here. And she says she's not giving up. And that's when she starts trying to get a commitment from from other people to help, you know, find this new space for the gallery. Like she said, I owe it to everyone who came in here with their heart on their sleeve. And so I don't know if that's past... No, actually, it leads into your one about... I was going to say, about, I think you're part, yeah, you're just part it, of it. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Okay, so then we'll get... Yeah, but that is part of it because that's how she gets herself together, I, per, personally, I would say. But she realizes, like, she's going to do this herself and she starts calling, you know, all these galleries and seeing if they're interested. And I love her pitch, too. Like, everyone's damaged. Have you ever had your heart broken? And then she finally gets Eva to take a chance on her... And she sees, she says, like, when you see talent, you grab it. And so she lets Lucy have the exhibit there. And I felt like that was Lucy, you know, coming into her own professionally. But then she realizes as part of that, personally, like, Max is not really her guy, right? So she has to learn how to actually break up with someone because she's always been the one kind of being a broken up with. So that's when she goes to Philip Sue or Nadine to get advice, which I love. So you want to talk about that scene? Yeah. By the way, I also love that I read a few interviews, obviously, for what she said with Natalie Krinsky, and they call her Pippa. Ah. Yeah, that's her, the insider name, I guess. So oh, I, I did right. love that. No, I mean, I just loved her character, Philippa Sue's character. I thought she did it so well. I mean, it is the cliche that the guy who's so hurt and like is always hurting people does have a heart of gold but somehow you do feel it and I don't know if that's just Eliza Hamilton coming like (laughs) just like what you impute into her but she really does seem to come across as like someone who just loves to be in love and then falls out of love and then falls in love again it's like it's not intended to be hurtful or horrible or mean but she just is who she is. I think yeah. now the character wasn't developed enough for me to say for sure, but I think I might have related to her the most. I, I think that's going to say, I think I know where this is going. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so first of all, back up one second. I was like, when we were talking about this movie, I was like, this is my worst nightmare that there would be a place where I can imagine everyone who I'd ever come across has something to hang up in this broken hearts gallery of, of me. <laughs> and Lucy says, here's the thing about breakups. Some, someone can ruin your life just by disappearing. And then you hang on to the hope that they'll come barreling through your door full of believable explanations as to why they stopped loving you, which to me is just devastating. A lot of times there's no reason, there's no reason you start loving someone. There's really no reason you stop loving them. It's just kind of a thing and now long-term relationships require work in addition to that feeling of love and you can help maintain and perpetuate that feeling of love so that it doesn't go away but I I just uh, the whole thing just set me so unnerved I was like I don't understand I have no explanations there are no explanations what is it that you're looking for stop looking for it move on no, but because you, you're a person, you said, who doesn't want, doesn't care about closure or no. isn't, which I think oh. a lot of people do. They want the explanation. They want there sort is. of the summary of, okay, so here's what went wrong. But I, or, wait, I have a question. Has anyone ever gotten closure, not from internally, from the other person? And they're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Bye. Um, well, I've gotten later in life explanations of, you know, I think sometimes what happens is you a relationship ends and you think it was for a certain reason or this or that. And then later you realize that there were sort of misunderstandings or misinterpretations. And you're like, oh, like that's what you were thinking. Yeah, but oh, that's not okay, closure. Well, that's a, yeah, that's not. But it's more the explanation kind of thing. I had never had one in the arsenal the way that uh, Pippa does here. Lucy comes to her and says, you know, <laughs> I need to learn. Teach me. And she comes out with, most stories are stories of betrayal, but ours is a story of hope. Hope that what we shared will guide you home. Thank you for being my home. I was like, Jesus, I'm I'm a decade too late for having this one. I wish I had, I probably could have done more for people if I had just given them that. 
and I love that Lucy's like so engrossed. Totally. Like, oh my god! Like that. You're like it's magic. Totally. What you, you you literally have the greatest breakup speech ever. And she's like, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I loved it. She's like, I can't use it. Yeah, but of yeah. course, because only Philippa, right? Yes, only could a get out with that. Like that can get away with it. But it was beautiful and perfect. I loved it. Oh, I loved, loved it. it. But to finish out my little montage here is how then from that she crafts her own with Max, you know, like she has to do it her own way after getting, I think, the inspiration and the support from from Nadine. And when she says to Max, you're the hero in your love story and the villain in mine. And then it sort of closes out with Nick then coming to tell her that he miraculously got this private lender to back him. And she tells her story of how she got the gallery, you know, to her old gallery to do the Broken Hearts gallery. And he says, I'm really happy for you. And she said she's never had a guy be happy for her. And I love that little moment with her and Nick. I think that leads into the the monster and the human. They're sitting on this couch and she says, you know, we're good together. We did it. You know, the monster and the human. And she says that she's the monster and he's a human and humans need monsters to stir things up and monsters need humans to fix everything they break. It's simple science. I like that, that she's the way she sees their roles in things. Yeah, but is that nice? Yeah, well, because she's always messing things up. But is that good? But so she's a monster? Well, no, she knows. Well, no, like a clumsy monster Uh, that like like kind of like break, like like a cartoon monster. Right, like a Sesame Street. Well, she's sort of like a whirlwind kind of a thing. You Mm. know what I mean? Like, Mm. I didn't think of it as like an evil monster. Yeah, I didn't think of it as Sesame Street, but I guess I could see. I just don't know. know. It didn't speak to me, but. And it's funny because Marco, his friend, tells him, like, she's your knight in shining armor and you're the stupidest princess ever. And I love that twist on, you know, who's saving the day and who's the princess. I thought that was great. So I didn't have anything then until the ball till the ending. Yeah. The ending. Yeah. The Leo ending. Yeah. I can't believe you said that. Yes. I cannot wait to hear more oh about why God. this is. First, I just want to say she looks amazing. She I does. cannot even in that white suit. It reminded me of Kamala Harris. Uh, yeah. And which, yeah, and it's the suffragist color. Mm-hmm. And that's why she wore it. So I wondered if if that was why she had chose that. But I don't know. But she looks amazing. Yeah. I love her speech, Lucy's speech, about why she began collecting things. Mm-hmm. I had already had that scene where now we understand what the secret was, as we talked about at the beginning, that it was her mother mm-hmm. has Alzheimer's and is in in a home and, you know, doesn't really remember her, right? And she says in this speech, I began collecting because I lost someone years ago. My mother is my first heartbreak. I thought I would forget and be forgotten. So I clung to things which kept me from moving forward. Heartbreak is the great equalizer. In the end, the thing that broke me also made me whole. And I love that. Yeah. So good. And then Nick arrives with his grand gesture. As you said, he's running across the city. And all of this, I'll just say, we talked about a little bit in, oh my God, Boomerang, Mm -hmm. about back and forth. You know, that, that you really liked, like the back and forth between the two of them. And I love that about this too you know he comes running in she's like yeah this is a bad time yeah (laughs) like this is a bad time for your grand gesture because i'm in the middle of making a really amazing speech and i look amazing so just hold your phone you know yes which is so leo it's so leo she does it multiple times yes i know everything she does in this is she's being injecting humor or telling him to basically back off like this is my moment yeah it's great i no wonder i love this yeah (laughs) But then do you view his, I mean, I know we have this discussion about the big rom-com speech. I mean, is this his when he says the map is mine? Which, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, he says, she says, what are you doing? And he's like, what do you think? It's a grand gesture. I mean, I thought it was a little bit of like poking fun. Yeah, but also. It is. I think it is. I think it's very endearing though. And he says, the map was mine. I put the map in here. I said it was random. And he says, I met Chloe working at a hotel, fell in love, and she left me. And I promised myself I would never let anyone make me feel that again. 
Then I met you and put the map up because I wanted to see you again. Love makes you do crazy, stupid, irrational things. I love you. Yeah. And then he says again, I love you. <laughs> She's just not She's saying like, yeah, anything. Not, now is not the time. Right. Exactly. That was great. She's like, yeah, I'm going to get back to my speech now. Mm-hmm. That's literally what she says back to him. Yes, I know. I know. But then I love that the crowd doesn't let her get away with this, you know. Yeah. They're all oh like, my God. love yeah. him back. Yes. Love him back. <laughs> that was I the best. Like yeah. Oh, I was laughing. And then, she, but again, she goes, enough. Be quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is my moment. Yeah. She comes down the stairs in very dramatic fashion. This really is so Leo. Yeah. And then she says, I'm a lump of coal. I feel nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Just, But he's got this big Broken Hearts gallery. I mean, Broken Hearts Hotel, like neon sign. And she realizes, you know, that that is the grand gesture. I mean, he changed the name of the hotel. And then she still is just like busting his chops. She's like, if I didn't do this, they would all turn on me. So this is for them. (laughs) And pulls him in and kisses him. But then she does show a softer side and says, you're the only person I didn't collect anything from. And he says, why is that? She's like, because I love you too. And that is truly genuine and sweet. But only after she basically made him work for it and crack jokes at his expense which <laughs> i thought was perfect yeah. and and different yes. right original yes in execution uh, of the sort of typical rom-com speeches yeah did you think about the criteria and whether or not what he said sort of meets our rom-com speech criteria it's a pretty short speech on yes his part. it is and hers doesn't have anything to do with him i mean i thought their speeches no. were not about well, hers wasn't about love. His and, was. Yeah. Yeah. Hers. Right. Hers is about her damage, really. Yes. Like her wounds. Exactly. But I did love that his, I love that it, again, sort of pokes fun, but also just like love makes you do crazy, irrational things. And I guess what I'm trying to say is I love you. Like that is the most honest you could be. I, I really liked that. And another criteria was that they explained how they truly love the person mm. and i think he does and you've already seen it yeah you know yes you, you, that's the other thing yeah. you know that by the time we get to this point i think that was one of our issues in the happiest season speech some things we felt like we didn't see enough of them together to to feel it mm-hmm. so the words mattered whereas here i genuinely already felt that yeah it's same with harry and sally like i felt i know he does do the great list of you know, all her quirks and things. Yeah. But you knew how, you knew how Howard, Harry felt by the time he gets there. Yeah, but the, yes. But you also, he needed, he needed to say that because they had had a really big falling out. Yeah. And I, I feel like it wasn't quite as big in this one. It was a little. No, that's what I was going to say to you. I didn't feel like it was that big at all. So, and what did he really do that was so wrong? He just didn't tell her that it was named? No. After Chloe? No, Even no, though he no. tried to tell no, her? No, he said, meet me at whatever. Yeah, and then she wasn't there because he was with Chloe. Right. Yes. And then and then she went to find him. Lucy went to find him and he was with Chloe. He was, was with Chloe. Yeah. But, yes, but didn't, again, but versus like Marcus who no, slept no, with someone else. No. I mean, on the scale of quote-unquote bad things, I'd I didn't think this one was that bad, which is why I guess he doesn't need the big take responsibility. I'm sorry, I fucked up part, which is the one criteria that I don't think it meets because I don't think it needs to. But I loved this ending. I mean, did you love this ending or is this just, is this just me? Because this is the Leo. Is this the Leo? I, I mean, just the dynamic between them I thought was great. I thought it was the perfect ending for this movie. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have, done anything differently I have no critique it wasn't my favorite it's just you know I think that little extra the the piece you relate to is the piece that pushes you over and for me I didn't have that but I loved it I loved it yeah and I guess we did talk about these but the only other note I had about scenes was the confessionals I was wondering given like you said that you that's a huge thing you love about when Harry met Sally Mm -hmm. what you thought of these here I mean, it's the opposite. So, like, I love hearing people, how they met or how they got together amongst the most impossible circumstances or it's just sweet. Coincidence. And, yeah, it's or, sweet yeah. and 
and heartwarming. These were the opposite, I thought. So I didn't have like a favorite or anything like that. It's, it, I mean, it's obviously served this movie very well, but it's just didn't like, it was fine. I, you know, was not a huge uh, fan of them in When Harry Met Sally. I mean, I like them, but they were never a big, big thing to me. Natalie Krinsky loves them. That's why she yeah. did her own version of them here. But and it definitely they definitely serve the movie. I do love the last one where I love the like with Harry Met Sally. It ends with the two of them having their own confessional Ugh, scene. I didn't. So I was going to talk about this in Damage, but the first was obviously I love some hidden mommy issues here and totally mm-hmm. different mommy issues than we're used to. And how she talks about in that last scene that she says her mother was her first heartbreak, and she was afraid that she would end up like her, that she would forget and be forgotten so I clung to things which kept me from moving forward and that I mean I just don't think you could be any more clear and also unique and interesting with your damage I mean that was yes right out there and then the other piece of it to me was and this was I guess sort of a question and I guess you're gonna say no or I'm not sure I just didn't like the that last vignette because I feel like there was the suggestion that she was that her holding on to things was part of her damage and that she was cured not by Nick I'm not suggesting that it's antiquated in that way but she was cured and then because she was cured she didn't hold on to anything with Nick which just didn't really resonate to me I did think it was part of her damage I think I said that earlier even without yeah knowing your question I but then so then she's cured whole well I mean she says it in the last scene yes she says it you're right yeah that that's why she didn't keep anything from him yeah because she, she loves, loves him. him and then in oh. this vignette she says we're never breaking up and so there's nothing to hoard I I guess I did kind of I didn't think of it as she's cured but I guess now that you, you're saying it like that, because cured sounds so ridiculous. You're never yeah. really cured of anything. Right. But Well, you can. You can grow. You can grow out of it, grow past it. or But I don't know. To me, that just didn't seem like damage. That seemed like some, that was just part of who she was. She is someone who likes to commemorate and cares about those things and not to hold on to the heartbreak, but just to hold on to the memories. And Which so- think is okay right I agree but then she stops doing it well yeah but if you're doing it because for the reasons you just said I think it's okay I think she was also doing it though she's saying because she was so afraid of being forgotten Mm. and that does stem from her mother Mm. and then in other relationships she even says at one point after she'd run into Max again she says to Nick like am I really that forgettable and so I think there there's there's the good side to her saving mementos which which you're describing and then there's the damage side and I think as long as she stays on the right side of the line then but it doesn't seem like she is at all anymore she doesn't keep anything she kind of makes fun which I thought was cute she kind of pokes fun at him for doing it like we don't need these things we don't keep these things yes exactly because now we're gonna have a future together so I don't have to hold on to pieces from the past because I'm not afraid of losing you yeah I don't know I think yeah, okay. I just, I would have liked her, I liked Sally, didn't change in that way. That's who she is. She's very particular. And she found someone who accepts her so fully for who she is, even when it drives him nuts. So the last vignette was them together, like all the other couples, mm-hmm. and them saying, we got married, we had a right. coconut cake, which not everybody likes. So we also had chocolate and we had raspberry sauce and we had it on the side because it can make it very dry. I don't know. I just so it, it felt like that was still who she was and they were in it together. I wish right. that she had been like, and here's our box with Nick. And Nick was like, oh, yeah, look at this. Like, I don't know. I wish I was more of a it was a role reversal. Different. I liked right. it. Really smart. Really original. I have no criticism. It's just not for me. I'm just not what I would have wanted. Although it's interesting because if you take out the last vignette part, I mean, the yeah, one thing. Yeah, I know. That's why the I'd last vignette kind along, of ruined it yeah, for me. I was going to say, because the one thing I would say all along is like Sally, that she remains like unabashedly herself. She says to Nick, like, I showed you exactly who I was. And she doesn't change who she is. 
you know, that's, I was going to talk about this a little bit in the takeaway, but that's one thing Natalie Krinsky was like adamant about that, that she created a character that by the end, he loves her, not, not because she's weird or for who, and for her weirdness and her quirkiness, not just in spite of it. And that she remains true to herself. And I would say that, and I, I was going to say that, but now you're saying if you throw in that last vignette, are you, are you taking from that that she did change in a way? Yeah. I mean, the whole, the whole movie was about her holding on to those things. And so at the end, she's like, I don't hold on to them. Because I guess it was holding on to the unhealthy totally parts. Totally get yeah. that. Totally get that. Yeah. So what she said, are we at what she yeah. said? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Natalie Krinsky. The more I read about her, the more I loved her and the story and I just found it fascinating yes and the thing I was most focused on was this script was on the blacklist and the blacklist is not the list of writers that were barred for the from the McCarthy era (laughs) it's part of yeah I know I had to look it up yeah (laughs) I kind of knew what it was but I did have to double check yeah but although allegedly it is kind of a wink and a nod to that time but this Mm -hmm. blacklist that's that Krinsky was on in 2011 with with the Broken Heart Gallery script this was something that started in 2005 and it's a very insider's achievement where the script is named one of the most buzzed about or clamored for unproduced scripts. I found out about this last year, 2019 when Jessica Knowles till death landed on the blacklist, which I was very excited about, but I didn't know what it was. It doesn't mean that the script will necessarily get made because Hollywood is so fickle and, or in like in this case, it doesn't mean it will be made anytime soon, but it is, it's such an honor that it is a real calling card that opens tons of doors in Hollywood. And Krinsky's 2011 blacklist placement got her writing on Gossip Girl and Grey's Anatomy, two of my personal favorites. She's also writing now two movies that I die for because one- Oh, I know, one, I was gonna say this. Yeah, an adaptation of Gillian Flynn, my idol, her short story, The Grown Up. And then the second one that she set to direct, which she describes as essentially what would happen if my mother and I were on a cream, crime spree a la Thelma and Louise. And I'm like, a buddy what? movie with mommy issues. I don't even, if that what? is not in our wheelhouse. Do you even know the name? No, what is this? No, we need no. To- <gasps> She's writing it and directing it. It hasn't gone into production yet. She just had a baby, so... She's also producing, I thought you were going to say this one, she's going to act as a producer on the Warner's big screen adaptation of Britt Bennett's first novel, The Mother. Yes, I did She's not going to direct that, but that's another big project. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, she is 2011 to 2021. She is like one of those long overnight successes that has been 10 years in the making, which I love those stories they are so heartening to me it really is and with this one I mean I'm sure you read I mean it's just like you said it was on the blacklist and this no trace camping a Canadian American production company came to her and said you know we want to make your your movie and she's like what like haha like that's cute but come on like it had been years you know and they said oh you know it'll just be a quick rewrite and she said that's like to a filmmaker like having to look back on something you wrote five or six years ago would she'd rather be buried alive than read something she wrote six years ago and there's no such thing as a quick rewrite Mm -hmm. so she knew that it was just a huge amount of work but then they said you know would you ever want to direct it and she thought she was going to have to you know prove her chops and what do you need me to do should I make a real and they just looked at her and said well just say yes you mean you know what this movie is just do it And she said, I remember that this was the quote I love. Thank you for letting me know what it feels like to be a straight white guy. I will absolutely take you up on this opportunity. Like this never happens. Yeah. Like to your point, not yeah. such a long road, but then also, oh, hey, and here, di- direct it while you're at oh, it. Oh, yeah, that was my quote. But there's a little piece after, uh, maybe oh, I read a different interview. She said, well, thank you for letting me know what it feels like to be a straight white guy. I accept this challenge on the basis of nothing. Because <laughs> she had directed... <laughs> 
That's awesome. Exactly nothing. She said she had, yeah, she had directed nothing. She had never even directed traffic across the street, she said. That's amazing. Yeah, but she said it was the most magical, incredible, life-changing experience, truly, which I also loved that. But yeah, I mean, the the fact of the matter is she wasn't being asked to direct something that she didn't know. She knew this material inside and out for years and years. This is a story that was so close to her heart and her mind. So, of course, it seemed like a reasonable thing that she could be able to direct it, but that's just not generally the way it goes. Yeah, particularly, as you said, with someone who's never directed anything before. That's taking a big risk on their part. I know, but is it? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't shouldn't be. be. You're right. It shouldn't be because you're right. It is her vision and they like run with it. She also said, I'll be the urban legend that floats around. We should just start treating each other like straight white guys and then the rest of the world will follow suit. And I kind of loved it. This subversive idea that reminded me of Alyssa Cole when we interviewed her and oh. I had read it in a Washington Post article that she had written where she made a parallel to princesses and she says the main conversation around princesses in fiction has largely been reduced to slogans like forget princess I want to be a scientist this well-intentioned and reductive argument itself ignored the fact that real princesses possess other skills and ambitions outside of being royalty we were told that wanting to see ourselves in fantasies replete with ball gowns and crowns was regressive ignoring that many of us, those of us who weren't white and straight, had never been allowed to consider ourselves princess material in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a parallel to what Natalie is saying here. We want to be given an opportunity to do something on a healthy dose of faith rather than having to Mm -hmm. prove every single aspect of worthiness before being given the chance. And I feel like it's not a bad thing to think we should just act like straight white guys in this regard because for so long they were like, sure, you know this material, you did it, sure, go ahead, direct it, that makes sense. But for women, it's like, well, what can you do? Do a commercial, then do a short, and then Mm -hmm. do an indie thing, and then do this, and then maybe we'll give you a budget thing later. And it's like, why? That's not how men... Exactly. They don't have to go through that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I loved that. Oh, that's perfect. I mean, it kind of goes, so I had that one too, but I do have another one, which I saw on her Instagram page. I don't know if you did any trolling on there like No, I did not. But the movie launched on Labor Day, I think I said earlier, and at the time she was raising a four-year-old and pregnant with her second child, and her baby came a month early, literally the same week as the movie launch. Mm -hmm. And the picture she posted is like so many, so we've all seen of women after giving birth in the hospital she's in the hospital bed she's wearing the you know the gown the newborn baby's like right next to her this tiny little thing and her hair is in a bun and she's on the phone she does not look glamorous I'm not saying those people I don't understand the people that have makeup on and look gorgeous she just looks like you know a woman who's just given birth basically (laughs) and she says in the caption launching broken hearts gallery this week and then in parentheses, a month early, accidentally launched a baby. This little fucker didn't get the memo about 2020 and just wanted to get here. But moral of this story, dot, 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 she puts this in all caps, hire more female filmmakers because they can do everything. Backwards in whatever shoes they choose to wear during a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just thought that mm-hmm. was awesome. I'm like, look at that. Like, yeah, she's... I listened to two podcasts where she had said... Oh, I just had a baby a day ago. I just had a baby two days ago. Mm. I mean, she launched this movie after literally launching a baby. And mm-hmm. I loved that. Hire yeah. more female yeah. filmmakers because they can do everything. I love it. It was great. I love her. I, like I said, it seems like you, you mentioned a bunch of the stuff she's going to be doing. I think she's going to be around for a long time. And I'm excited to follow her now. Yes. See where it goes. Totally. So who won the movie for you? Oh, my God. This isn't even close. Oh, what is it? it I mean, it, it was the music. Oh, I love it. The music. I have literally listened to that Ingrid Michael song, Ingr- Ingrid Michaelson song. Every day since I had listened so, to it, literally every day. I love it. The, I love the it. The end, the end song is "Young and in Love." Yeah, but it's not just that. 
There's a Sweet But Psycho, Ava Max, always yes. a favorite. Mm-hmm. Blackbird by Kinley, mm-hmm. Love Everything I Wanted by Billie Eilish. What Is My Love, mm-hmm. Wild Yaks, The Big Thief Song, Masterpiece, First Love by Mitski. The whole thing just... It's so oh, good. Oh, it's so good. When I heard the um, Billie Eilish song, I'm like, ooh, yeah. I know Corinne's going to like this part. <laughs> oh, my God. And those were like the easy ones. I mean, there were so many deep cuts that I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. The music additions were so good. Loved it. Definitely won the movie. Love it. Well, mine is, again, an unoriginal choice. It's it's Geraldine Viswathnathan, sure. though. Yeah. I did not know her before. I know that she she's been in other things that people have followed i had never seen her before i did read i think that she's in every scene in this movie Mm. and that's probably true now that i think about it but like i said earlier i just felt like when she was on screen there was just i don't know there was like an inner glow like she was lit up from inside and i just i thought she she killed it as lucy and yeah so that's who won it for me yes agreed so takeaways my takeaway was something I had alluded to earlier that I just didn't kind of understand the concept of this movie. Again, it's not that I've never had my heart broken because I have. It's not that I've never had someone like me when I not like me when I've liked them because I have. But I don't know. I'm kind of a move on and I don't dwell on it. I think you you would call me out for love actually. And you're like, I just don't get unrequited love just just move on if the person doesn't like you (laughs) You stop like I don't understand but with this movie I think I realized something about myself that I had never noticed before which is really always like such a big deal right yes I think I mourn certain things and I say certain things because in some things I'm the complete opposite but I think I mourn certain things, especially romantic relationships, before they're over. I mourn them as they're falling apart. Like as things are getting bad, I'm just as present in those as the blissful moments. I don't hold on to like whatever was good in the beginning of the relationship because now it's bad. And so I'm like, you know, are things great? Then it's great. Does it suck? Nope, then I'm out. So at the point... And obviously, there's always good. I mean, a relationship doesn't usually turn 100% bad one day. There's always something good. But it's when the bad out really, I think, clearly outweighs the good that that's when it's it's just over. I think I'm like a love simpleton a little bit. I don't know. Like, like <laughs> I don't think this so. I don't think you're a simpleton anything. So. I don't know. I think that's for my emotions think. of love, I think I am though. And it's just like... But my point was, by the time I've fully processed that it's over, it's the first time that it's outwardly over. And at that point, I'm already ready to move on. So maybe if the other person, obviously, I mean, I think I'm in a relationship with someone else, but we've known, and I think I talked about this in Love Actually too, people think they're in the same relationship and they're not in the same relationship they're not communicating they're not going through the same things at all so I think by the time the relationship's over I'm already ready for the next thing because I've already processed that this has been in the shitter for a really long fucking time and we tried to give it a go again and we break up and we get back together or we fight and we say let's change this and if it's not going to happen it's not going to happen and so I'm just out and it just made me see a connection that I hadn't seen before it kind of flipped this idea of beginnings middles and ends for me on its total on its head because I guess someone else's end is really my beginning like the I'm like already I've already processed this I've already mourned it I've already gone through it I've already done it by the time I the relationship is quote unquote over it's there and your beginning yes but you've never been like like lucy is saying take the one with max you're saying she should have seen i mean we don't see enough of their relationship but by the time she sees him with the ex and she's making that speech on stage and embarrasses herself or whatever we're assuming that leading up to that there were things that she wasn't seeing about how this was already going bad and she should have seen that and then not been so 
surprised. I've never had that happen to me, no. I imagine that people who date me have felt that way, but I don't know how, I. how does he just show up with an ex? <laughs> that was going to be my next question. Yeah, how does he just show up with an ex? And she's like, what? What do you mean, what? How do you not know anything? Like, you don't suspect anything's off or... You don't know about exes. You don't ask about exes. <laughs> we know that too from another Yeah, but episode. you don't have to, to know what's going on now. Like, I, I'm assuming he distanced me. There was, a, and I didn't, I didn't know you'd ask that specific question, but I do remember she, like, her friends were like, well, did he do this? And she's like, I didn't think that was weird. And like, wait, all of that doesn't make sense like of course yeah she was ignoring signs yeah people do that all the time yeah I know but people generally generally like to pretend the signs they were ignoring were very subtle and low-key and meanwhile I'm like are you kidding me they were really big red flags (laughs) yeah so you yeah so you're saying you see these things yeah and then that's and I assume the other person does too because that's why we've started fighting that's why you're pulling away that's why I'm pulling away whatever it is like whatever's happening that's why it's happening Mm -hmm. because this isn't going well (laughs) but then maybe the other person believes you can fix that and then instead you dump them I mean I think we have to both or it ends we have to go both give it a go to try to fix it I mean I, I I've never won one day woken up and been like it's over of course never I, I'm not a ghoster at all I'm definitely like a let's try to fix this 500 times make up break up but maybe not when you were younger oh were you? totally oh yeah. you were like let's try to fix it volatile is is the way I see it now but absolutely make up break up there was so much warning for any of my exes so I really I, I in that way I don't have a lot of sympathy but I guess to some people and this is what I'm saying when it's over over like that's that's when they fully start to process yeah. that it's over and I've already I started to process it when things weren't good for the first part. this is making me think of exile by uh, Taylor Swift and yeah yeah. yeah like I gave you so there, I gave so many signs I never saw the signs they just yeah. one person felt like they were showing all the signs and they were saying here here are the issues here's what we need to do and the other person is saying like basically you were never clear and that other person to your point it seems like is the one who just realized now that it's over yeah but the other one was like but I've been saying this what are you talking about where have you been yeah right and now you're surprised I'm with a new guy so fast well, yeah she's sort of like well yeah because it was over a long and time you, ago we tried it wasn't five minutes ago we tried to make it work but we've been fighting for a long time or this has Taylor, been bad for a Taylor long time is right yeah although I see I like the way you positioned it because sometimes I mean I love that musically I love that song musically but I really and I there are other parts of the song lyrically that I love but I always really hated that because I'm like I'm not a big signs person I don't think people should be reading signs I'm talking about fighting and saying you don't do this this isn't working for me you know the other person saying to me this isn't working whatever it is I'm talking about actual communication I'm not talking about like smoke signals I'm talking about but I don't understand what happens when I think something's slowly deteriorating and someone is like, but wait, I thought we were still together. I'm like, well, just be. Right. Or I don't see what you're saying. Or yeah, I'm not. Yeah, no, I've never had anyone do that either. It's always, we always know it's not good, but then somehow the the end end is still abrupt. Surprising. Surprising to, to yeah. them. Not yeah, to me. And by I then I'm already people over. Hold out, people hold out hope. Or they don't, or yeah. like you said, they don't want to see. And so then they do feel like they got hit by a ton of bricks. Totally. And you're saying, I don't know, those bricks have been there. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but this movie really made me understand it in a different yeah. way. I'm like, so this is the part in the movie where you think it's over. And meanwhile, this is the beginning for me. And the end started way before. It's not that I skip endings or it's not that I don't have to process the pain or the heartache or the anything, but I just do it while we're still together. And I'm thinking like, is this going to work? Are we going to be able to do this? This is what I need from you. This is what I can give you. This is what I can't give you. All of those things. And so I just don't understand how by the time it's over, it's the real ending. But I, I see it here. I see it. But now... Yeah. yeah, now you see it. Yeah. All right, thanks to Lucy yes. and Nick and Natalie Krinsky. 
My takeaway is, I don't know that it's much of a takeaway, but I, it is something I wanted to talk about, which is how much I love rom-coms mm. and how much we love rom-coms. Yes. And I did want to talk just about what, I listened to Natalie Krinsky sort of talk about what she loves about the genre generally, which kind of made me think, I don't know that we've ever talked about what it is you yeah. know, each of us loves about no. a rom-com and then specifically what we love about this one mm. In terms of what we might use or whatnot. And I listened, like I said, to, to something uh, that she said about why she loved it. And she said that she's always been a fan uh, and that there is something about the elixir of watching two people fall in love. But because we need to build anticipation and can't act on it immediately, there is this sort of yearning. It brings us in that way. And I was thinking about that. I mean, there's definitely the elixir of watching two people fall in love. I definitely think that's an appeal to me of the rom-com. I, I, I love that aspect, of course. But this yearning, like they, they take different takes, but there is always some obstacle, of course, mm -hmm. to them getting together. And there is this anticipation because they can't act on it for whatever reason or whatever the roadblock is. So this idea of like this yearning, that you have that sort of brings you in. And that really spoke to me. I do think that that's something that I love about it. The, maybe it's anticipation, yearning, whatever word you want, but but the will they or won't they, even though you know where it's going. I mean, it's not like in a rom-com, generally there's, you know, what the ending is going to be, that they will be together. But that was that I thought was very interesting way to describe it. I don't know that I've ever really thought though, yeah. generally, what it is I love about rom-com. So, I mean, I, I like what she's saying, but I was thinking, I don't know. I feel like we should talk about it. I prefer a rom-com that is more about their own obstacles. Like, I don't necessarily like, I don't prefer the ones that are like, all the obstacles are set out and then at the end they're just together. I, I yes. like more of a normal people where the obstacles are one another and and it's like it if it has more of a an undertone although not at all because it's very light and about love and warm and but it has an undertone of more of like a thriller or like a like will they get through this like will they like I like a fight I love a good fight I love a good makeup Ooh, yeah. I love mm -hmm. I love people screwing up and having to figure it out and make it better and will they will one accept it will they do enough will they be able to you know get past this I love that back and forth those are the kind of obstacles I love that are essentially themselves getting in each other's way yes oh I love a good fight too we gotta write one of those yeah yeah but I'm just wondering were there a lot of fight like I'm so no fights in this oh no no boomerang definitely justified yes um always be my maybe they have yes to fight when she's up yep. on the balcony mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i love that one that's like i think of that more as sasha's speech yeah. but it was oh but it was it was right after the fight scene prior yeah because he didn't want to yep. go to the oh yeah and he's like you're a sellout yeah whatever yeah yeah actually yeah that was a good oh, yeah. fight we liked oh that yeah fight. Uh -huh. i did what else sleeping with other people is there any fights no I want to figure yeah, out what we like, like and that. don't like. I I do like in this that she, this is very much about Lucy's own journey too. I mean, she says she tried to make a feminist take on a rom-com, that this really is, yes, about her falling in love and dealing with, you know, her, her damage and the breakups, but it is also about her finding her voice like on a professional level. And that part of the story is, I don't know, I would say equally important and that it's really Lucy's story. I totally see that and love that for you. That's also like always been my maybe, I think is very much like that too. Yes. But I am all Sally Rooney. I am all, the individual doesn't even exist. <laughs> like it's all relational. But I feel like you can do both. I don't know. She can be having coming to realizations about herself and her professional journey or whatever whatever things about herself personally or professionally but also you're going to be having some of this come out in re relation 
to the other person as well, don't you think? I mean, you can mix those two things. I guess you're saying though, but you're saying like I, I would, or I think I was saying too, always be my maybe and Broken Hearts Gallery are both. Yeah, it can't can't we mix? Can't you have both those? I things? mean, I I just you you can. Yeah. <laughs> They obviously yeah. did. Yeah. I just don't, I'm not drawn to those stories. But, but I, I think that's why I think we should join forces because I think we got the best of both. That's the beauty of the two characters too. The two points of view. Oh, we can mix them all the best elements. <laughs> yeah. We love a good rom-com here. Always. Set it in New York and we're definitely oh, in. <laughs> definitely. All a variation of when Aaron gets out. I know. I want more of them. I'll take, honestly, I would take more of them. I want all of them. Yes. I don't want anyone yes. to say that's been done. I literally want every version. I want every single person's version of When Harry Met Sally. Thank you. Yes. Amen. We want to let you know we've launched a Patreon page where supporters can receive perks like bonus episodes and exclusive content. Because Pop Fiction Women is our passion project, a place where we give women space to show up and offer in-depth analysis in the ways we're used to hearing about male creators and their characters. We delve into creativity and psychology with a dash of astrology, and we have so much fun doing it. Just two friends breaking down books, movies, and shows like Normal People, Fleabag, and I May Destroy You every single aspect of this podcast we do ourselves from the preparation to the recording from the editing to the social media promotion so we're adding a patreon platform because we want to keep making the show you love and hopefully expand it even further so please consider becoming one of our most complicated fans and contributing on patreon to learn more go to patreon.com forward slash pop fiction women This has been Pop Fiction Women with Corinne and Kate. If you enjoyed this show, please tell the complicated women in your life. And the men who love them. Yes, tell them to listen. And then to follow on Spotify or review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And of course, share on social media. Tag us with your favorite books, TV shows, and movies starring complicated women on Facebook and Instagram at popfictionwomen or on Twitter at pop underscore women. For more coverage of the women you love, or to find out if you qualify as a complicated woman, go to popfictionwomen.com. And keep it complicated.